Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, fine. Yes. As fine as you can be. Good, good. Uh, That's good. Oh uh, yeah, we just we're just trying to work out how to open up the store and run FNMs and events again. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah, because it's getting to the point where we're either going to have to just start running events like it's normal, though obviously, you know, with masks and stuff. Yeah. And pre-registrations, we know people are there. Or just say, nah, no events till next year. Because there's, there's not going to be a number of, like, cases or anything like that, or, or any kind of situation that's going to make us comfortable in opening. Yeah. And people really want to play. Um, so, <laughs> we're just going to have to start running <laughs> events. Uh, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, the events we ran like last month, um, they were really good. Like the like the six person pods, it was it was great just having people in the store and, and people were really excited to just play Paper magic with each other again. Yeah, definitely. And have you have you had any, I guess, any cases where people have had to isolate after those events or, or anything like that? No, I mean I had to isolate, but I don't think it was FNM related. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it depends whether they're testing or not, or whether they have the app. Uh, yeah, this is true. This is true. There are a lot of variables going into it, but yeah, everyone was healthy and everyone came back and everyone was being sensible. So like, I'm kind of okay with doing. We were just worried about you know Freedom Day, and everyone could do what they want. And then it seems yeah. like people are just most people are just sort of staying inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're we're considering just running events again because people want events and we should provide them for them. And like, yeah. I'm double vaccinated and I'll be all right. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'll yeah, probably that, be okay if I get it. That's it. I, th- I think as always, like you've done, you've done your part. Like all, all you can do is is your part, and you cannot depend or rely on other people to do their part at all. So sure, yeah. <laughs> just gotta do do your best, and yeah, you know, continue with things as reasonable as possible. And I mean, it's it sounds like you've got a a reasonable system going there, and you yeah. you all genuinely care and, and want to want to be all doing your parts as well so that's so good that's good and definitely a good sign at least that you didn't have you know a major super spreader event from running FNMs so no I mean when we cancelled events good, again right? everyone that was coming to them when we told them that we weren't running events for a while because we were just being cautious they were like yeah that's fine we understand that's sad but we understand that's totally fine yeah. so we didn't have any like backlash and everyone's been very reasonable very nice about it which is, which is encouraging and it's nice that we've sort of cultivated a community of sensible and reasonable and nice people <laughs> um, but yeah it's, uh, I, I, feel, I felt like everyone was just sort of going to get vaccinated um, and then I was quite annoyed to find out that someone in my family isn't vaccinated for sort of you know batshit libertarian reasons mm-hmm. so go, uh-huh. go and get vaccinated please if you haven't already oh yeah absolutely. It's, it's extremely important and I'm asking you to I'm not telling you to because apparently that's something that people are worried about they're being told to do something, and they have they have freedom as a sovereign British citizen or something. But going get vaccinated because it's really easy, and I've been fully vaccinated for like nine weeks, and I am yeah, totally same. fine. So maybe even longer than that. I think it was like the fourth of June or something when I got my second one. Like <laughs> yeah, like I, I, yeah. I have been I have been fine this whole time. I felt kind of rough for about three days, no worse than a regular cold, and now I feel fine. Just go, yep. go, go, do it, Just please. Do it. Just I'd do appreciate. It. It. Also, keep wearing a mask. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I did it's so easy. Just wear a mask. 
Please. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell me. Oh no, I probably don't have <laughs> I just, to tell. I just, like... Yeah, I just don't have to go outside. I just don't go outside. Like still. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I don't. Also, the kind of people that are sticking with this podcast this long after all of my rants and ravings, I probably don't have to tell them to wear a mask either. But <laughs> just in case, please yeah. do. It's very important, and it means that you can go and do stuff for as long as you're fully vaccinated and have a mask. Hell yeah! Right? You can you can pretend like it's normal, ish, kind of. Anyway, that's my that's my. Uh, Sanctimonious virtue signaling for for the day. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fine as well. Yeah, uh, not a load to report on. Just just as always, uh, I actually did leave the house uh, kind of properly uh, for a super day. fun, exciting reason. Uh, no, well, no, not really. I mean, it was a bizarre reason. Uh, I had to go into into my office, so I spent a day at work uh, last week, and that was yeah. weird. Very very weird. I know a lot of people that have been like asked back into the office for at least like a day or a week. Yeah. So it's a it's a shock for a lot of people after like what five hundred days or something silly. Yeah, I mean, I'm very very lucky to be in the position I am where like I can just do whatever I want. Like it's up to me when I go in or if I go in. I can just totally work from home if I want to. But um, there's a was a a shuffle around with some of the management um, within my area that I work in and one of the new managers is now based down in Nottingham so they were up for they were up for a couple of days so it was one of those well I may as well go into the office while they're here and show face and have a face to face meeting that kind of thing mm-hmm. so I was in a room with like 20 people maybe <laughs> when was the last the time first... that happened to you even pre-Covid <laughs> yeah March 2020 Like <laughs> you hate being in rooms of 20 plus people bizarre absolutely I mean unless it's a GP yeah uh, even bizarre. then absolutely bizarre <laughs> just yeah yeah felt very strange very very strange so hopefully that doesn't happen again anytime soon but <laughs> yeah that was the, the most people I've been around in one place in uh yeah yeah since March 2020 and you've not had any any symptoms, you know, you, you feel fine? I have not, no, I have no symptoms at all. I've taken uh, lateral flow tests as well, and came back negative both times I've taken them, so I'm fairly confident that, yeah, it was fine. Sick, and you're fully vaccinated and wearing a mask? Yep. Wow, it's almost like it works. Yeah. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost, almost. But yeah, that's that's just my major life update. I left the house and went went in a room with twenty people. Like I don't want you to, I don't want you to think I, was, I, I sound like I'm taking the piss. But that's that's genuinely kind of cool that you actually just went it's, and spent time with other people. You know, it's bizarre. Absolutely Not that it was bizarre. for a fun reason. I imagine you would have. Oh yeah, no. Even if COVID wasn't a thing, you would have rather stayed at home. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, I mean, yeah, you, you left yeah, the house did and it. spent it's... time with people that aren't like you know related to you. <laughs> Actual progress, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Bizarre. Anyway. So we, we did have some big fun magic news last week. Uh, just just keeps coming, doesn't it? Just keeps I'm, coming. I'm, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so so excited to talk about it. I guess there are a couple of things to talk about before we get to the big, <laughs> super exciting thing, though. Oh yeah. Uh, so first up, there was uh, a you know we spent the past couple of weeks talking about you know digital only magic cards and jumpstart horizon historic or whatever whatever it's called uh, that has now actually been delayed till the end of august so that uh-huh. <laughs> that won't be releasing this week turns out there were issues apparently with uh, implementing backend stuff on arena so it's been delayed till the end of august great yeah to make it up was the coast of bringing back uh, flashback drafts of caladime caladine not caladine Kaladesh, that's the one. Kaladesh remastered, and Armageddon remastered, and they're going to give people one free draft of each. So that's very cool. I mean, it feels the time. Nothing, isn't it? Yeah, it feels the time. 
it is a format that I imagine people kind of enjoy drafting. Yeah, you get at least three, you know, three rares, which yeah, and the chance in, to increase your stock collection, right? Yeah, that's it. Like every little counts when it comes to your historic collection, especially when they're about to just infuse seven hundred new cards in the worst way possible. Yeah, I look forward to loads of people rare drafting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is. Uh, yeah, that'll be my plan when I do it definitely. But, but it's it's a, it's cool that they've said here's something for free because we messed up, and like it's not much, but also you're not entitled to them releasing sets all the time or doing anything yeah. for you that you're not paying for. So yeah, totally. You just get a free thing because you're, it's been delayed for a few weeks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's that's cool. Uh, we we also have some other. Another cool thing that happened over last weekend, right? Uh, define cool. <laughs> hey, secret things are cool, right? Especially when they're so secret that no one knows it's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were uh, rumblings of a, a secret GP uh, on the internet, and, well, that was a thing, right? Yeah. Yes. It, it happened. <laughs> so, CGU TCG Fest which was Computer and Gaming Universe at Trading Card Game Fest, happened over last weekend, uh, where the, I guess, the biggest Magic the Gathering tournament in the United States, or in the world, the biggest Magic the Gathering tournament in the world uh, was scheduled to take place um, since the beginning of the pandemic. Was scheduled uh, to, yes. It, yeah, that's the one was scheduled to, to take place. Uh I believe the main event, the main event fired, but the prize was reduced from three thousand dollars down to like a hundred dollars or something. It was reduced from thirty-five thousand dollars. Woof. Okay. <laughs> to to one thousand dollars. Wow. Wow. Because sixty-four people turned up, and they were expecting eh, roughly thirty-five times as many people to, turn yeah. <laughs> to facilitate the thirty-five thousand pound prize pool. Um, Incredible, which is hilarious. I mean, it's it's a lot of weird things, and I, I don't want to keep harping on about the pandemic, but I'm generally talking about things that are interesting rather than like fearmongering. But it's been interesting how loads of people in the states and lots of things in the states have just been like, oh, it's, it's back to normal. COVID's literally over because well, I'm vaccinated and people I know are vaccinated, so it's over, right? And they're like, oh, we can go to these this secret. We'll get into why it was stupid and didn't actually happen properly <laughs> in a minute, but. We can go to these events and we can go to Lollapalooza, um, and yeah. <laughs> this is fine. And then now they're all like, "Oh crap, COVID's still happening. There are still loads of cases. Only like fifty-five percent of us are actually vaccinated. Oh dear, we shouldn't be doing things. It's unsafe." Yeah. And it's been—I mean, it's not funny because people are dying and people are seriously ill, and people's livelihoods are going to be in danger again. But it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's interesting to see like loads of people acting like you know throwing around the phrase post-covid as if it was actually a thing and then yeah. like a month down the line everything being awful again and that was kind of what i assumed was going to happen here is that oh it's over now freedom day you can do what you want whatever and then you know come october when it's also flu season ah everything's awful again yeah but yeah it's been kind of kind of funny watching people talk about like post-covid and then suddenly it's yeah. like oh all these super spreader events were happening because we thought covid was over and actually covid's not remotely over and it's as bad as it was this time last year great yeah it, it's, it's really bizarre i think i think a lot of it is just to do with the it's the complete difference in culture that we have in in terms yeah. of healthcare when you compare the uk to to america it seems to me you know at least you know, anecdotally, from things I've seen, like people only really engage with the healthcare system there when they need to. Outside of that, they don't yeah. really just engage with it at all. Whereas in the UK, at every it just seems to be at every instance, 
every instance that anybody can bring up the NHS, they will. I think we've got a really generally like within the population a really good attitude towards the NHS. Like people like it, and you know, uh, and, and, and yeah, I, I think so. In in general, I think people do like the NHS definitely. No, I think I think there's definitely a culture of. I mean, this is just going to be me injecting my own opinions into this podcast, but much of the gathering. But there's a general thing of like, I had a bad time once at at, at a hospital or a GP surgery, probably brought about by the fact that there are massive budget cuts and they can't afford to, you know, treat people efficiently or effectively. And therefore, I think the NHS is bad, so I want private healthcare. There's definitely a move towards that, which is like just this yeah, bureaucracy of like. Tory maybe in, maybe in the southerners, maybe the weird southerners, but no. But I, I think, yeah, there are I think, people in the north that voted Tory in their local elections, like their council elections, because yeah. they thought that their local Labour MP or Labour councillor physically closed the hospital, as yeah. if that wasn't just a direct <laughs> reaction to conservative cuts. And yeah, like, oh, I mean, he's in charge, so it must be his fault. Like, mm. I think there are some, you know, there are definitely some examples that you can cite that, but I, I think in general people do do like having the NHS and do think it's a good thing and I mean, do yeah, not I want mean, it to be dismantled and pay I for like, healthcare. Like. I like paying, I mean, it used to be like £4, but I like paying like £9 for my life-saving medication instead of thousands. That's kind of nice. <laughs> I wish yeah. it was free, but paying £9 pounds for an inhaler that means I'm not going to literally die of an asthma attack is much better than having to be in actual debt in order yeah. to stay alive so yes surprisingly I'm a big fan of the NHS yeah I, I think my, that. my point is really I think we we engage very very differently with healthcare in the UK than we do mm, in America mm-hmm. so I think the the general response here to COVID has you know, we've all been very much well aware of Oh, just off the dangers, that the danger's still there. We see communication from the NHS regularly, whereas there isn't that big, you know, centralised healthcare system within the US. So yeah, I guess it's a case of very, very different over there. With here, we're given the information, we're given communication. There are like adverts. There are like you're shown at least four vaccine videos or COVID videos on the YouTube front page, uh, regardless of what your algorithms like. Um, and we are given all that information consistently, constantly in easy to digest ways and yeah. then people decide their own opinions and get it completely wrong and are idiots yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least they're given the information and, and they're, they're, there's an attempt to educate people about things whereas America it just seems like they, they just sort of go about their daily lives and don't really engage with that sort of stuff Yeah, already can't, know can't that COVID's going on yeah, yeah for sure like, I, seriously watching videos of the, the, the Lollapalooza was uh, there's like a couple of people on like the front on the barrier at the front, with like you know a sea of a hundred thousand people behind them, like having masks on their chin. I'm like, you've tried. <laughs> <laughs> you were vaguely considering the fact that COVID might be a thing. Um, but yeah, it would be it'd be interesting to see the the, the case numbers <laughs> after, after <laughs> literally all the blazer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> been it's been interesting because like, because people are now starting to take COVID seriously, and this is why I was. Um, well, I think it's interesting in terms of this secret GP uh, yeah. is that at the time, like about a month ago, it sort of surfaced in like some some Facebook post or something, and it started circulating through Magic Twitter. People talking about it, and there's some people who like I, I follow and I you know respect and whatever, being like, yeah, I can go to this, and I was like, ooh, going to a massive what, what was marketed as a massive event at the moment seems uh, ill-advised or it's dangerous. Um, I was like kind of confused, and then you get to like 
like actually happening and <laughs> like there's like, like I follow like three or four people who actually attended basically just to see what a shit show it was yeah attending and being like oh they're not really putting there's no space between things and there are people that aren't wearing masks and the the penalty for not wearing a mask is a game loss not a DQ and stuff like that and, like, and, and then suddenly being concerned about the fact that COVID was a thing again like yeah. last month you were just going to go be here when it was expected there were going to be like 2,000 people in a building <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now you're like oh there's 64 people and oh god they're not spaced out enough I just thought it was interesting seeing how Americans are uh, reacting to COVID <laughs> and being like uh, everyone COVID's still a thing we're like yeah we know <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to notice this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just I hadn't seen anything about it at all until the weekend, and was like, oh really, wow. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, well, there's a couple yeah, of yeah. there are a couple of like people who are like, I might fuck around and go to this thing because it'd be funny. Yeah, because it's clearly going to be poorly managed because they're running like a secret underground GP yeah. that clearly isn't a good idea because COVID. Um, people are like, yeah, we'll go because it'd be like, first of all, it's a big magic event and that's exciting for people and people want to go to that kind of thing. It's the first one that's happened in literally eighteen months. And um, it was it was truly wild uh, watching people turn from yeah I'm definitely going to go to it. oh god uh, but but yeah and then it happened and it was not the thirty five well because it was meant to be like a like a TCG fest right so it was going to be yeah yeah so there was Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and uh, like fl- Flesh and Blood and uh, like Vice Forts and Force of Will and stuff as well I one I forgot that the Dragon Ball Z game was still a thing I thought that yeah, sort of died very, out very very popular apparently yeah. And I do not want to be. If I'm considering going to an event and I know that one of the events is going to be a big Weishwartz tournament, I don't want to be near those people. <laughs> I don't want to be near the people playing the, like, hentai card game. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but it happened. And, I mean, I only saw, obviously, only saw the magic side did, uh, uh, documented uh, with the, the people that I follow on Twitter. And I don't know if, like, the Yu Gi Oh! or the Pokemon bits fired, even. Because people took oh, pictures I, of the hall and it was like six tables. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw somebody selling like a stack of Final Fantasy cards. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, apparently somebody was was waiting in a queue for three hours because there was somebody was selling their entire collection. Jesus Christ! They're selling their entire collection of a dead game. Surprisingly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so there were 64 people in the big headline magic main event of this, what was meant to be $35,000 tour. Incredible. Yeah, I hadn't seen anything about it at all prior to this weekend. Yeah. I think my favourite favorite was uh, Brian David Marshall. Like He put out a tweet saying, I literally live less than half an hour from the secret GP, and their stealth marketing was so stealthy, I didn't even know about the event until it was on. Yeah, exactly. Like, like <laughs> It was this weird sort of... Like the pro tour historian Brian David Marshall. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who literally 30 minutes lives away and has no idea. Yeah. Thirty minutes away from the biggest Magic Gathering tournament in over a year, and has no idea it's on. Like it's just weird. Weird. Like he was trying to be like a covert thing, and I don't really know why because yeah. you know events can happen. You can have big events if you if you want to, um, in like convention halls and stuff. So there are things going ahead, right? Um, and they would have had to pass it. Like they rented out like part of a convention center, so convention they would have had center, to yeah. rent it past someone. And they'd have had to tell those people how many people were going to be there. So it was a loud, right? It wasn't like they were going to tell people that the convention center was going to have 20 people and then bum rush it. Like, <laughs> they had to tell people how many people were going to be there. Um, and then it, it, was, so it was like this, this covert thing where they just didn't tell anyone. But also they expected, like, thousands of people to be there from loads of different, like, groups of game players. And, yeah. uh, but they didn't have any vendors. They had one vendor who was the, the like the CGU shop, whatever. Um, 
uh, and they didn't have anything. I just I don't understand how it how it turned from like this big secret GP. It's gonna be the first major, you know, TCG event for for a year and a half, and then and then it, it no one turns up. And yeah. obviously, because you were trying to make it covert, but then obviously you're dealing with magic players who, even when presented with easy to digest information, don't know what's going on. <laughs> so it was a very very weird thing, and. People went just to document it and said it was yeah, one of the saddest things they've ever seen. Yeah, just the the fire fest or the the, the dash con of magic tournaments, incredible. Yeah, I mean these people. The thing with fire fest is nothing happened. They got given a crap cheese sandwich and then were stuck on an island for like forty eight hours. At least with this, people actually played yeah. magic and like they paid to yeah, yeah. event. And so, someone walked away with some prize money. A few people probably walked away with some prize money. You know, like. Things happened, but apparently it was poorly run, and the only reason it even functioned was judges, <laughs> and yep. that's the only reason. Because the hope team... they were paid. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, judges are rarely unfairly compensated, even for like properly structured yeah. events with tournament organisers, let alone secret GPs with sixty-four Jeez. people. <laughs> but that happened, and it was funny. Um, and I enjoyed watching people just rip the piss out of it the entire time. Um, and I hope the people who played in it had fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't even talked about it, but the playmat. The playmat is, is kind oh, of God, like I nearly the, forgot about the playmat. Yeah. And how could I? It's burned into my retinas. It's something else. It's really something else. It's just this, this hand-drawing, intellectual property, infringe, like, infringing disaster. Like, absolute disaster. You've got a badly drawn Goku. You've got a Force of Will character badly drawing. You've got sort of half of Yu-Gi-Oh kind of badly drawing. A really strange, angry alien Pikachu. And then <laughs> I assume that's supposed to be Liliana. Yeah, it's the Liliana Death Majesty. There's clearly just like traced it or something. But it's just... I don't want it in... It's also been done in oil paints. It's like a... It's an oil paint. It looks like... Like I don't know, like <laughs> it looks like oil paint. I don't know what it yeah. is, but like it looks like oil. It looks like like oil pastel or something. Yeah, because most most like illustrations it looks sticky. on yeah, how does it, it look does. sticky? <laughs> because it would have been like a rushed job, and someone's like, "Oh shit, we should get a play map for this thing." Oh, you own some paints, right? Or you have done a, an art before, and they probably would have taken the photo before the oil paint dried. <laughs> That's yeah. probably what happened. But most most like you know art on on card games is like. A very very high resolution photo taken of like a very flat piece, or like yeah. the texture is there on purpose to create texture in the piece. But like, yeah, it's just like some guy they knew. <laughs> it's like, can you put like a Yugi on here, please, <laughs> and a Pikachu, and that, the you, worst you, looking Liliana you've ever seen in your life. Just you know, that Liliana reminds me of reminds you of when that um, that old woman restored that. There have been memes of like people photoshopping that Liliana's face onto that Jesus. Incredible. It's very good. But like, I don't know, I'd rather Amazing. see that Liliana than like, you know, boobies out Liliana oh, yeah. at a GP vendor. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's atrocious. It's really bad. <laughs> and then there are, like, you know, that cause, but that person's not, because when we see like an event playmat, we want it, like, we assume that some kind of artist of some skill or like some graphic designer has had some say on it because yeah you know those people's rates comparatively are relatively cheap and there are a bunch of people commenting on twitter like on these threads of these playmats being like i know people who you could have given 200 bucks to who would have done like 
such a better job than this. Yeah. And the person, I'm sure the person who did it tried really hard, and they, they were probably proud of it before we all started taking the piss out of them. Um, and I don't want them to feel, but like, but it, in terms of like this, like, a secret, you're calling it a GP, and you have thirty-five thousand dollars on the line. Hire a professional illustrator to do your bloody playmat, because <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> I personally know people who could have done a better of a job than that with like a 48 hour turnaround yeah. for not that much money and you've just got that weird non-dry oil painting with like you say alien Pikachu it's not Bizarre. it's not good. it's very strange <laughs> uh, and I look forward to seeing those at random events coming going forward hell yeah yeah if you do want to purchase one of those uh, they are available on eBay currently they're at $24 uh, I, I wish I'd got one when it was $24 plus free international shipping because they've uh, I presume somebody's or multiple people have purchased them because they've they've since stuck $60 shipping in the UK on so that's uh, yeah because I wasn't interested <laughs> you've got to make that cost somehow haven't you yeah because I wasn't interested and then literally before we started recording you said they were $25 on eBay with free shipping yeah. so I was like well, yeah, <laughs> I'll piss away $25 <laughs> on this shit. Uh, and then, yeah, it's now technically $85, and like, I'm yeah. not, I've never spent that much on a meme. No, I'd same. spend $25 <laughs> on a meme. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. And everyone would see my play about it and be like, you're a dickhead, and I'd be like, yes, I know. And that's funny, <laughs> but like $85 for that is not, <laughs> not how yeah. I, I should be spending my money. Not worth, not worth. No way. Maybe I should get oh, a credit card for the express purpose of buying that play mat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just I'll pay it off eventually. There's no way I'm Less reselling time. that for more than eighty-five dollars, is there? No, no, absolutely not. If I buy it for twenty-five, not. I could probably sell that in like five years. Like, remember this stupid thing? I could probably sell it for like thirty dollars if I wanted to. But yeah, <laughs> great. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. It's it's nice to have like a bit of ridiculous magic drama I guess and it'd just be fun for Imagine everybody involved pretty much Like I'm, apparently it wasn't fun for the people who work <laughs> yeah, for the company that ran it but also there has well, been there have karma, been allegations right? of them acting like balance. so <laughs> yeah. take that what you will um, but it's fun discussing a magic event right? Hell yeah. that doesn't exist entirely on my computer screen Yeah. but yeah that happened and it is fun it was just fun to check my phone occasionally and someone would be like, this is happening at the Secret GP. <laughs> yeah. Of course it is. Great. Perfect. Yeah, it's been a great, a great, great week for Magic News. Uh, I think we we just shift to it. I think the thing I'm super excited about. Uh, Thursday evening we had the weekly MTG stream and we got previews from Innistrad Midnight Hunt. So when they... So Magic Twitter or Wizard of the Coast or whoever does Magic tweets now, I can't keep track because they yeah. have like 10 different Twitter accounts. Uh, was like we're gonna start doing previews for Innistrad Midnight Hunt. I was like, God, I'm so tired. Please, I've I I can't remember most of the mythics from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Please let me rest. And then they previewed like one card. I was like, No, no, okay, I'm in. <laughs> I'm extremely tired. I'm I've, I've ignored how how tired I am, and I'm not gonna do the whole. I'm so yeah. bored of the hype mill because yeah, these I, cards are genuinely I, exciting. I thought that was, I don't know. I I thought it was really strange seeing that reaction like the morning of. People yeah. were like, Oh, it's gonna be. Oh, hype season never ends, and it's like, well, yeah, sure it doesn't, but you don't have to, like, with the exception of, of content creators that make their living from paying attention to the hype and reporting it and giving their opinions on it. Yeah, I've like, got to pay attention. Yeah, but, like, Even then, I don't really most have to pay people, attention. Yeah, most people don't, and, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't quite get hype fatigue. Like, it's not like they're 
forcing you to get excited and you have to get excited like oh it's because because mainly most of my serotonin comes from people liking my tweets about magic cards and sure. therefore I have, to, <laughs> I have to keep on top of the tweets you know yeah um yeah but i mean i don't know it just to me it felt very strange to see people getting like oh this is awful do we have to do innistrad previews now and i'm like I don't know, I haven't really been excited. Maybe it's because I haven't been excited about because quite Adventures, a few of the past few sets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I wasn't excited about Adventures, yeah. um, but I still paid attention to all of it because it means my job to know the cards, right? And yeah. it's part of this podcast to know, the jo- to, to know the cards, and it's part of conversing with a lot of my friends to know the cards, right? Yeah. Um, so knowing magic cards is an integral part of my job, but I wasn't excited about Adventures, so I, I, I get that sort of... But I yeah, have to like, formulate some kind of opinion on them, like I have to vaguely yeah, and I, know what I, the cards do. Yeah, I, I, I think I, you know, I'm the same. Like, I didn't particularly care about Adventures in Forgotten Realms at all, but yeah. I paid attention to the spoilers and didn't really care about them. Yeah, but what has <laughs> been nice? Absorbed them, and that's fine. Yeah, what like, has been nice? It felt Avengers. very, very similar for Strixhaven, apart from the, apart from the Japanese mystical archives. Didn't yep. care about Strixhaven one bit. Yep. Still don't. Cal time, I was quite disappointed. Uh, but you know, Innistrad, I was like, yeah, Innistrad's going to be good regardless of what they do. The theme's great. I'm hyped, I'm genuinely excited for this. So just to yeah. see everybody going, oh, do we have to do spoilers already? Like, I don't know, just put a bit of a downer on it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't bought a single Adventure of Forgotten Realms single product or single. Yes. Yeah, at all, because none of them are uh, cut it in constructed formats apart from, like, a Serarak in Aluren decks. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, one of my colleagues has built that deck, and it's it's really fun. You yeah. Play, you, you play, like, a, a Shardless Bug, like, Midrange Shell, and then you play three Alurans and three Living Wishes to go get your Osirak as a cyborg. Yeah. Which is sweet. It's really cool. But yeah, like none of the cards are particularly enticing for, for my commander decks. And they're not interesting. And I don't care about buying Seal product ever. So I didn't actually have, have to engage with that product outside of like doing it as my job. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, we have customers all the time who are like, yeah, I just skipped Strixhaven because I didn't like it. and But I'm really excited about this set. And I was like, that's such a cool way to interact with magic. Like, <laughs> you see a couple of cards from Strixhaven, you're like, oh, Magical College, not for me. And that's fine. You just skip it. You don't buy any cards, you don't buy any sealed product, you don't engage with any of the discourse, you don't care yeah. about it. And that's that must be, like, nice, right? Where you're like, yeah, this isn't for me, and that's fine. And like, Whereas I'm like, oh, maybe there's, like, one card that's, like, modern or legacy playable, and I have to care about it and think about it and interact with it. And, and like, Modern Horizons, or I have to get all these cards for my legacy and my modern deck. And then people are just like, yeah, let's play Commander. I, I don't care. I didn't like the theme of this set, so none of the cards are going in my deck. Yeah, and that's that must be nice. I wish I could get back, I could get back to that. that I sort, feel like that I'm, I, I feel engagement. like that's yeah. I feel like that's kind of the the attitude that I'm definitely shifting towards. Like, it's a it's a nice you know, attitude. To yeah, have I, I see. Yeah, like I see something and it doesn't excite me. I'm like, that's fine. Rather than like, oh, yeah. this is crap. This is oh, I don't want this. I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. And you that's just fine. wait for I think, like canister to be like, this card's good in this deck, and you're like, sure, I'll buy four, and then move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Like I don't know. Like maybe it's maybe it's because I've been disappointed by Wizards of the Coast so many times over the year that finally I'm just like eh, whatever. Could but, be worse <laughs> as gaming companies go. Yep, this is true. This is true. But it is trash. Enough about the hype. Let's let's get to the actual hype. Uh, this this set is is we've seen uh, twenty eight cards exactly from the set so far, and I am pretty much in love with every single one. It's <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yep. So they they started off the, the stream just like spoiling us, I think, really. Uh, so we got a we got basic land cycles. 
So they showed off some cool art that we've featured on, on regular basic lands. It looks spoopy, like Innistrad is in the autumn, so I guess the, the kind of story for Midnight Hunt is that um, with, with Avacyn gone, uh, all the Eldrazi are gone, the world has sort of fallen back into the darkness of, of Innistrad that we knew from the, guess, the first Innistrad, but this time there's no Avacyn to, to protect the people, you know, the angels are gone. Uh, but all the threats still there, all the things that were bumping the night are still lurking about, so the people are turning to more sort of traditional darker magic to, to protect themselves as the nights grow along. And we see this this like autumn setting, this fall setting on, on Innistrad, and it looks so cool. So, yeah. so cool. I was really so excited got... when they did this with Ravnica. With yeah. Ravnica, and it was like an autumnal setting, and it wasn't particularly important in terms of like story or anything. Yeah. It's just it, it just made all the cards look really cool. And yeah, it has a similar vibe. Here. All the cards look cool, and it just, just one more thing that breathes more life into the plane, just to show you know the plane at a different season of the year is super cool. Yeah. Makes it feel more alive. Yeah, I love it. I mean, we'll get into more specifics, but like, Wizards of the Coast just know how to nail Understrad. Yeah, it's just 100%. it's their thing. Like, not I'm saying that you know the the lore and the and the world building of other sets isn't incredible, but like in Australia, it's just like anything they do on that on that plane is just an absolute home run and they know it yeah. inside out it's their thing right like sure it's based yeah. on like um grim stuff right but it, it's it's sort of their own creation and they just nail it every time yeah it's, it's like you can tell there are uh, you know there are some very very knowledgeable like horror nerds within with for the sure yeah. i could work in, in r&d like definitely uh and you know all the influences come out and it's so sick so we got the the cycle of regular basic lands, which look cool, they look spooky. Uh, they would make fantastic wallpapers for anybody's PC, I think. Just amazing settings. Yeah. And then we got we got two other cycles of basic lands. These are full art black and white lands, and yep. they're amazing, absolutely amazing. So one cycle was done by Dan Mumford, who previously has done Art for the Coast, so he did a secret lair. Uh, and then he's also done some promotional work as well. So I think he did something for Ikoria. I think he did a piece for Ikoria. Yep. And then he did um, the Pro Tour Eldritch Moon poster, uh, which is probably my favourite piece of magic art that exists. Yep. Uh, yeah, a big, big fan of Dan Mumford's work. He's done a lot of stuff for, for various bands that I've, I've liked over the years. Uh, so it's it's incredible just to see his work on a, a cycle of basic lands. And oh, his work is fantastic. Yeah. They, they they look amazing and they fit his really his style really well. It felt like they sort of went worked backwards from what can Dan Mumford do? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, they're they're another cycle that are done by um, a bunch of different artists that are like in a similar style. Yeah, uh, and I personally prefer them. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's I so I think I I personally prefer the look of some of them definitely. Um, I, so I, I'm just more hyped that, that Dan Mumford has a set of, of cards in Magic. That's sick. Love that. Yeah. But yeah, this this other one that they've done. So they, they've got his sort of, you know, almost comic book style take. His, his very sort of stylized sort of take on on like the, these horror sort of Innistrad landscapes, which look sweet. And then you have this this other cycle of lands, which like they just look like they've been pulled out of like a Gustave Doré art. Like yeah. they're incredible. Yeah. They're, Absolutely they, incredible. They look like. The, the old co- like covers of old like penguin books or something. Yeah, yeah. So like, Gustave Doré was quite a famous old illustrator who's done things like, uh, like Paradise Lost and uh, like Dante's Divine Comedy. Um, has a similar style, like quite similar style. 
and it just it just looks like that. It's very reminiscent of that. Like the basic yeah. island looks like like the front cover of, of yeah one of the old classic Frankenstein books. It looks like uh, um, the Innsmouth to me. Like yeah, left. yeah, very much. It looks that vibe going it's, on. It's incredible. It also looks like a still from the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this the, all of these lands have like a very much like old school horror black and white feel to them. Um, I mean, the planes, the planes of this cycle, like basically just has a wicker man on it, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely it's a, a wicker man, a scarecrow. A, I assume that's some sort of like pumpkin field. Like it's it's just fantastic. You felt like the swamp just the swamp looks like something straight out of like Sleepy Hollow. It's so cool. With an Abyssinian gravestone in it. Yeah. yeah. The mountain is just like it's yeah, mountains of madness, like hundred percent. Yeah. Very, very Lovecraftian stuff going on and yeah, that forest just looks just amazing. Absolutely amazing. They keep trying Every to turn me away artist. from my Peronic Maynard original Zendikar basics. Yeah. They're trying really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll probably play these. Um, I, yeah. I'm a little disappointed that they have some colour on them to indicate the, the colour of mana and the, what type of land they are, but at the same yeah. time I fully understand that they have to have that uh, just for, for, sure. you know, for accessibility, for ease of ease of play so you'll be able to differentiate them easily on the battlefield. But I kind of wish great. they'd done the swamps in black rather than purple. Purple, yeah. Because the planes look really cool because they're white. It's white on the black and white and it looks amazing. And yeah, the black and black swamps would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been really cool. Um, but they, yeah, these are amazing, and these are like a different take on full art lands. Like they're like very specifically yeah. stylized. Like you have the Dan Mumford cycle, which are obviously very very stylized and in the style look amazing. And then they've the art direction on on these these black and white like charcoal looking ones. Like it looks yeah. like charcoal on paper. Um, is they they just look absolutely amazing and. It's very different to like, yeah. Here are the here are the Zendikar Rising full arts that look like the Battle of Zendikar full arts that look like the Zendikar full arts. Yeah. And here are these big mana symbols and a constellation that are kind of vaguely uninteresting. Um, and these are like very very different. They're not just like full art lands. They're like very very stylized and very much capture the the feeling of Innistrad, which is yeah amazing. Yeah, like these could have been a secret lair easily. easily I was surprised they're not. They're in every booster. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, at least one in every draft. Bo- yeah, so which means in, they're not going to be really expensive either, which is cool. Yeah, in draft boosters you'll get one, uh, and then we don't know the ratio for collector boosters yet. But I assume you assume you may be able to get more than one in set boosters and collector boosters. I also imagine the, the foiling on this will be incredible. Yeah, if the uh, the monster manual cards from Adventures of the Forgotten Realms to go by in foil with just like the one color, it's just like like a mirror yeah. on the back. The white on these is going to really get popular. It's going to look amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited. Like these are very, they're very good. <laughs> I I feel so so hyped. Like more hyped for Magic than I have been for such a long time, and and it's over basic lands. Like that's so cool. It yeah, feels really it's good it's to feel so about it. If they did this style yeah. of lands for like Theros, you'd be like, eh. yeah, yeah, it wouldn't totally. make sense. But you'd be like, yeah, it's fine. It's because yeah, it's like it's your favorite plane, right? And yeah, then, I I think so definitely. Yeah, like your favorite plane plus really cool art plus an artist you love plus. You know, it's just like it's it's plus a few sets in a row that you haven't been that excited about, yeah. And then suddenly, all of these things culminate into making you very excited, and that's it. You know, magic still has that effect on you. That's that's really cool. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so next, we're gonna hit up Planeswalker first Planeswalker uh-huh. set, yep. which was uh, yeah one that we known about for a little while because of, of unfortunate leaks, but it was super cool to finally see the card. Uh, this is Ren and Seven. It's three green green for Legendary Planeswalker Ren. 
It has four abilities, plus one, reveal the top four cards of your library, put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Zero, put any number of land cards from your hand on the battlefield tapped. Minus three, create a green tree foot creature token with reach and this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. And minus eight, return all permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. You get an emblem if you have no maximum hand size. Wow, I guess landfall EDH decks didn't have enough good cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this card sweet. Right? Yeah, this is very different to Red and Six. Yeah, I mean it returns like it, it does things with lands, which the the original Red and Six did, but it's five mana and therefore has all the like it can do a lot more. Yeah, uh, than that did, and yeah, they, it's it's interesting for sure. Like it, it it has the sort of five mana planeswalker thing, like plus one card advantage, kind of drawing lands, but you're probably going to draw a card at least. Yeah, yeah, and then it has a minus that creates a blocker, which is probably going to be huge. And then it's got a zero, which doesn't really matter, but that's fine because you don't really care about it. Like they, the, the zero can do nothing, but it's better than a plus one that does nothing. It's yeah. just an ability that you'll you won't activate like ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, I think that you know there might be cases for start. I mean, depending what else we see in the set, there may be some sort of lands theme or sort of card that cares about lands. Yeah, uh, in this set or a future set. So, in terms of, of standard play, maybe that zero will do something. Uh, but yeah, in terms of like eternal play or commander play, that zero probably isn't going to do a lot, a lot of the time. Yeah. But it's just cool. It's just a really cool card. Like, yeah. Very very interesting card. I don't think it's. I don't think it's particularly good or powerful like it's not like you know other planeswalkers that we've seen in the past with four abilities at all but it's a super interesting design a really thematic design and i can kind of love it yeah i mean i don't know like it's gonna be a staple in landfall edh decks and probably just a lot of yeah. green decks anyway because it's just it does a lot of things that you want cards to do over and over again um, yeah definitely uh, i'm not an expert but it's a consideration for any kind of titan deck it's a big green yeah, thing that, I mean, that does yeah, things. Green thing has about lands. Yeah, yeah like sure, it, sure. it can plus one and five Valakuts, or it can zero and put Valakuts into play. Um, can make a big creature. That's kind of fine. It can, you know, it can plus and find any kind of land that you want, and it's just a big threat. Or it can just be a five mana big big that maybe survives as a planeswalker, right? So yeah, I mean, I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes. It's certainly <laughs> nowhere near as going to be nowhere near as ubiquitous as Ren and Six, which is uh, yeah, to like exactly. hundred euros. Exactly, but you know, from my perspective, I think stick it in any green commander deck ever. Stick it in in a cube, and I think it'll be a real, it'll be a really really interesting cube archetype. Oh yeah, around it. I want to draft this in cube for sure. Yeah. Also, the borderless version has the like Ren is literally holding like a jack o' lantern. Yeah, which is yeah, extremely so on the nose. <laughs> two different arts, so we have, uh, yeah, the regular art where you see there's some some spooky green mist is coming out of of Seven's fingers, and then you see uh, some sort of like, I think potentially like harvest festival banners or something draped over like Seven's arms as well. But then the the full art borderless one, we got some some shenanigans going on here. Uh, yeah, Ren is levitating a a, a pumpkin, a jack o' lantern. Then seven seven has some interesting things going on with its arms, right? Is that a, yeah. is that a bit of werewolf fur we see on there? Yeah, a bit of werewolf fur. I don't, I don't get. Uh, well, this is Midnight Hunt, right? This is the werewolf set. Yeah. So like, I mean, maybe it's an accident. 
<laughs> maybe it's just like meant to be like some kind of bark, some kind of moss on the bark. Or maybe the tree folk that Ren has used as a scion is a werewolf tree. Quite possibly, quite possibly. Because tree folk yeah. are creatures, so like a werewolf could theoretically turn a... It doesn't have to be a human werewolf, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That's yeah. I think that's, that's the thing. It's a lot. A lot we don't know about the set. We don't really know anything about the story at all so far as well. Yeah. We haven't seen any werewolves yet either. And we, you know, they have just said that oh, we're doing werewolves a bit differently this time around. So who knows? Who knows what it could be? But I'm super excited to find out. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, love this card. Hyped about this set. Should we move on to small cards? Yeah. I mean, I am kind of annoyed about them doing werewolves differently. Because this, I mean, this is the perfect place. You literally have like a werewolf in a strat set, and this is the perfect place to do a werewolf commander. And then they're going to do a werewolf commander, and then I, I imagine they're somehow going to make it not work with <laughs> werewolves that already exist. We'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah, see yeah, what happens. Yeah. Well, ne- ne- next card. Next card. Next card is Infernal Grasp. It's one in the black for an instant. Destroy target creature. You lose two life. This is the first in the cycle of just strictly improving the cards. Well, this one maybe not because no. you lose two life. Um, like, what if what if card that already sees play was even better? Yep. Yeah. This is yep. it's just it's it's Doomblade, but better in pretty much every single situation. Yep. Uh, this card is fantastic. Smash hit is going to see play in every format. It's legal, probably. Yeah, I mean. Well, every card that every format that Doomblade sees play in, at least. So zero. Uh, Pioneer. This is a non-zero amount of playing Pioneer. Sometimes. Sure. I mean, they're they're just trying to. I think. It's 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 been fun watching them try to like tweak the knobs on like a two mana removal spell. Yeah. So we have like terror, you have like doomblade, you have uh, go for the throat, you have cast down, uh, you have heartless act, like that kind of thing, and that's just like yeah. oh god, fine, just two mana instant destroy creature with slight downside. <laughs> fine, <laughs> just have this. Um, and it's 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 very very powerful, and like, obviously we as we know from like thoughtsies, two life is nothing. Yeah. So this is just going to be the premier two mana black removal spell, and. Yeah, it'll see play places. I mean, some decks are still, like in modern are still sideboarding, um, go for the throat and stuff. Yeah, yeah, decks that would play that or decks that play Heartless Act. Like you can probably just play this over Heartless Act. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't kill planeswalkers. Wait, can that it, get, remove? It's just remove a counter from a creature. No, isn't it? it's, yeah, remove counter from a creature. Yeah, I'm remove, remove, remove up to three counters from a creature or destroy target creature with no counters on it. Sure. Uh, yeah, this is just better. <laughs> it's just does everything you want it to do. So that's cool. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it is just sort of taking a, a model with things with, with drawback and then just being like, no, nah, there's no drawback here. Because as we all know, losing two life is nothing. And also, yeah, this nothing. is probably a boon for Death Shadow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, as, a two, as a two of, just a straight up two mana murder that makes your Death Shadow bigger. Seems yeah, fine. that's sweet. That's sweet, definitely. Yeah. Infernal Grasp. Next up, we have Play with Fire. It's red for an instant. Play with Fire deals two damage to any target. If a player is dealt damage this way, scry one. <laughs> what if Strictly like, Better Shock? Yeah, what if Shock was just better? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> well, it's cause, because most of the time you're not targeting an opponent with Shock, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So this is only slightly better. Uh, but yeah, again, this is another thing of them trying to like work out Lightning Bolt. Yeah. They're like, so Lightning Bolt was too strong, so they went back to Shock. And they're like, okay, we need to deal three damage. Um, you know, for, for, for we want we want the three damage burn spell for limited purposes, and yep. possibly constructed purposes. Um, and they're like, no, one mana for two is kind of fine, but we want a benefit if it is being used as a burn spell rather than a kill spell. 
and yeah, it's just trying to tweak the knobs on it, and I think this is a pretty good fit. I mean, you're never going to improve on Lightning Bolt, but this is pretty good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I think this is great. Definitely think this, this is great. Like, uh, I assume there'll probably be... I, I don't know, like, maybe maybe Burn could even play some of this, like, in modern. Like, I know you have an, like, an abundance of bolts, but maybe you can play one or two of these in, in like, a Burn deck. Like, I think the Scry's decent. Yeah, I mean, you have a... Uh, if you're trying to, like, play a red deck wins, you have Dragon's Rage Charmer. <laughs> so yeah, you don't need your Burn stars to have Scry, because all of your spells this is have spells. Yeah. <laughs> this is true, this is true. Yeah. Forget that, then. But I just love this card. I think it's, this card is fantastic. Uh, big, big fan gonna see a lot of play in historic as well it's another thing to be aware of where obviously Lent Knight and Bolt is not in historic yeah play with fire will see play shock does see a lot of play currently it seems like the kind of card that if it came out like three years ago it would say target creature or player and you like yeah, couldn't, yeah. couldn't target planeswalkers with it or something yeah this is just shock with upside yeah love it yeah Speaking of cards with upside, uh, next time, next up, we have Consider. That is blue for an instant. Look at the top card of your library. You may put that card in your graveyard. Draw a card. What if opt but surveil? Yeah. And we're going to print it love in this, this. Set where surveil isn't a keyword. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. This Definitely. card is fantastic. This card is going to see a lot of play in historic, and it's going to see a lot of play in modern. This is great. Yeah, because opt is just the best cantrip. Yeah. Remember when we only had serum visions? Yeah, oh hell yeah. I mean Yeah, like pretty much every every deck that plays opt will just play consider instead, but like specifically is it Phoenix? Like yep. look at the top card of your li library, oh it's a Phoenix, gonna pop that in the graveyard, like maybe this makes Phoenix playable again. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe. I mean there are there are lots of applications that like this is very, very fringe and it takes people much smarter than me to work out, but like yeah. yeah, it can put things... Either it can get the card out of your deck if you want that, and don't want it to put them back in your library to... the bottom of your library to shuffle back in. Uh, it can put dredge cards in your graveyard, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then, can do. And then trigger dredge, because it draws a card. Um, and it can put, like, past in flames in your graveyard in, in Storm or something. Yeah. I don't know, it, 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 it's... I don't think it's strictly better than Opt, but I think it has uh, a lot of applications that are going to make it a better choice than Opt for a lot of decks. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's it's as close as as the term "strictly better" you can get. No, no, no. Play with fire is strictly better. Shock. That's the closest you can get to strictly better because it's shock. Sure, sure. Because it is literally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Okay, that is exactly strictly better. But yeah, as close as you can get to strictly better without being strictly better, I think consider is. Yeah, is. it can also like you know it fuels. Uh, it's it, it's going to function similarly to a thought scale, right? Yeah. Not definitely. not as efficiently, but it, it can like fuel your Merc Tide regents or. Um, or Uros, I guess, wherever that's still legal, and whatever. Yeah. But you know, it's it can do some things. Flippy are... Dragon Rage Channel is even faster. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it can it proc Delirium and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Any basically everywhere that Optus Sing play, this is probably going to be better. But like it's great. in Blue White Control, maybe not. Because you're like, oh, it's it's a, a. I can't even think what they play. Oh, it's a Jace. I can't cast that right now, but I don't want to get rid of it. I want it to keep it in my deck so I can shuffle it back to the top later. You know. Yeah. So they'll yeah. still play out, but yeah, like Phoenix, Dragon Rose, Channel decks, maybe Storm. Um, and it's a common. And it's a common, so you can... How good is that? You can play it in Pauper if you really want to. Yeah, you can play it alongside Brainstorm Ponder. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So next up is 
this is pretty much my invitational card, right? This is uh, Triska Decophile. It's one and a blue for a human wizard. It's a one three. It has you have no maximum hand size. It also has at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have exactly thirteen cards in your hand, you win the game. And you play three and a blue to draw a card. Card's terrible. This is oh, it's amazing. I love this card so much. Oh, of course, this is of so course. cool. But it's like it's one of those cards you're like, ah, oh, this isn't very good, but it really adds to the flavor. There are a bunch of cards on that Shadows of Rainstrand where you're like, oh, this card's bad, but it's like, it's in a strat down to a T. It's it's self-referential. It it's taking its influences from from previous Magic design and showing that they know the law and the planes so very well. Um, yeah, it's just kind of funny, <laughs> and I love that. I just love it. I yeah. Absolutely love it. Like yeah. Yeah, like the fact that like in the arch is like collecting hands as well, like <laughs> stapling them to the clock. Like it's it's yeah. so cool, so so cool. It's very cool. I think it's fine. Like two mana, one three, have no maximum hand size, and then you can just pump mana into to draw cards. Like any blue commander deck will just want this. It's a really really good little good little mana sink. Like maybe maybe there's a a way it can be played in standard as well. Like. I, I hope so. I kind of hope so. Like we can just have some sort of like bizarre standstill deck where we can just like yeah, just sit there, have this and play, draw a bunch of cards. I love it. This this card's amazing. I love alternate work win conditions. This is one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I mean, there was the what was it? I can't remember the name of it. Like Mystical Archivist or something. There was like a very very similar card that yeah. that kind of occasionally saw play out of sideboards from the Mono Blue Tempo deck. That was essentially like a two mana something decent blocker with three and a blue draw card yeah and that's kind of fine and then this has two types of upside yeah so uh, maybe <laughs> I mean but it's it's very very cool design and the art's excellent um, yeah that's, I just love it and Absolutely I love guess it. this is like a fanatic of Emrakul or something because that was what the whole point of Tristan yeah. Phobia right it was like quite possibly yeah the premonition of the 13 13 for 13 Emrakul so is this like yeah. that? This person's like obsessed with Emrakul, and that's why they're yeah, collecting but... hands. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> Emrakul has hands, Quite right? Probably. Uh, I mean, it depends on which manifestation of Emrakul you're, you're seeing, I guess. Dayon Thorn has hands, right? Uh, yeah, it depends on which manifestation of Emrakul you are seeing. Both the promo. The Eldrazi are very strange. Both of the ones have hands on. Emrakul has hands on Zendikar. On Zendikar? Yeah. Zendikar, Zendikar, oh, I mean, Maria has hands, sure. No, hang on, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't do this to me. I'm going to have to Google Emrakul Aeon's turn. Emrakul. Aeon's, Aeon's turn doesn't have hands, right? Yeah, absolutely. They are. It has like horrible, creepy, like. It's got hands. tentacles, it hasn't got hands. Emrakul the Aeon's turn. Where am I picturing hands from? I have no idea. Have I lost my mind? Has it finally I happened? Mean, it does uh, have hands! Maybe, right yeah, maybe it does have hands. Ooh, hands it does, right there, yeah. yeah. Okay. I knew, never I knew noticed it. the hands before. The hands, you've never noticed the hands before? Yeah, yeah. on the on the, the Mark Tiedon art, and on the... Uh, the pre-release one. The pre-release one, it has, because it's kind of obscured by the text box, but it has like tendrils that look vaguely hand-shaped. They yeah. go off into five appendages. The GP promo, or the regional PTQ promo, sorry, uh, they're obscured. But I knew Emrakul had hands. I mean, it's a very loose tie-in that there is, that's the reason Triska Decafile is collecting hands. But, yeah, sure, <laughs> but Emrakul sure. has hands. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not, I will not I mean, hear you dis- I, I, disagree with me. Yeah, I just thought it was because they were like the hands on the clock, but sure. Well, yeah, it's pointing to t- two o'clock. To, to right? Is it three o'clock? That's two o'clock. Three o'clock is a right angle. Three o'clock is a right angle, you're right, yeah. yeah that's two o'clock. It's, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, the card's cool. Let's move on. Uh, so another another fantastic card uh, and great, great in-joke, I guess, is Champion of the Perished. It's black for a 1-1 one, one zombie and has whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Champion of the Perished. This is excellent for so many reasons. Yeah. It's yep. it's so good. It, so obviously it's Champion of the Parish, but for zombies, yep. it's an exact port to black. Um, the art is excellent. It looks like a Champion of the Parish that's risen from the dead. The yeah, flavor the text, art is incredible. Yeah. Like, genuinely amazing. Yeah. Big fan of Keke Kotaki. The, the flavor text is, he rose from the graph for every cobbler, tanner, and fool who'd been slaughtered in the parish. And they they rose and shambled after him. So it's like the champion of the parish. This is literally the arch enemy, champion of the parish, yeah. and they kind of like do a fight. Um, and also with like so close to like a zombie deck being actually playable in modern or pioneer. Yeah. Like you have Cryptbreaker, you have like Gravecrawler. You, like there is just we're getting to a density of like actually reasonable zombie cards that care about being zombies. Yeah. And I'm excited to see if this actually does it and actually gets them. Yeah. There. I hope so. I hope so. We just need a zombies lieutenant so cool. or something. Yeah. <laughs> we need a Thalia's lieutenant for zombies. Like, uh, for zombies. Uh, what would you call it? Um, Garalf's lieutenant? Gisser, yeah, G- maybe. Gisser's yeah. lieutenant? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, that would be cool. I'd like, I'd like that. I mean, it's a little bit on the nose doing two cards like that, but it would be very yeah. interesting for zombie decks, for sure. This card's great. Everything about it's absolutely excellent. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, hit, like the, the flavor is is amazing. That's my favorite thing about Innistrad. I think just the flavor, the world, the setting is fantastic, and like they designed just an incredible top-down set. But yeah, also every Innistrad set has been designed really well as as well. Like every Innistrad set has had some sort of impact on like <laughs> on an eternal format with like one or two cards, like at least like always, and then all, they always have fantastic limited environments as well. And, yeah, this is great. This is great. Yeah. And then we got one more card to talk about. We have Join the Dance. That is green white for a sorcery. Create two one one white human creature tokens. Has flashback for three green white. And this is sweet. So this is the first time we've seen a multicolored flashback card. Uh I mean Yeah, it is. A gold flashback it's... card, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well it's yeah, like that. Well, teaching, so. Yeah, I mean, they said it was the first time we've seen a multicolored flashback card on the on the stream. So, quoting quoting Aaron sure, Forsyth, like, I believe like, ling- there. Lingering Souls is a multicolored card. Yeah, yeah, but in terms of of it being gold, yeah, yes, sure. yeah, yeah. I'm just being pedantic. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Can you pitch Lingering Souls to whatever, whatever the black one is, Force of. Force of black. Oh no, of course you can't. But like, it's not. You're not playing that in a mono white deck. You're playing there in a go. deck that has the ability to cast to make black mana, right? So it's yeah, it's yeah. not a white. It's a white card, but it's not like yeah, I'm, a white. Card. I'm I'm just being pedantic. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is the first flashback <laughs> gold card. 
<laughs> I don't think you're being pedantic. I think you are in terms of like color identity for commander, but not in terms of the actual. Card. I'm not talking like, about. Don't don't be like. Oh, you're just a commander player. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm I'm worth more than that. I mean, yeah, well, like, Souls is a white card. This isn't like the first. <laughs> yes, well, this is a white card. <laughs> if you're being pedantic, but this sure. is this is the first like. It's not what I'm saying. <laughs> sure, there are two differently colored pips in both of the casting costs. Yeah, but like this is a multicolored card. That's why there are two pips card. on the on the on lingering souls. There are two differently colored pips on on. Yeah, but it's a white forbidden card. alchemy on on mystical teachings on a bunch of other flashback cards. It's not the first. It's the first gold card, but it's not like it depends how you define. What I do, why am I having this conversation? And also, you've I now got know. to the point where you know that I'm just going to get angry with whatever you say because <laughs> I'm stupid. So let's just move on. <laughs> sure. Uh, the art on this. Let's talk about the art on this. And I mean, the whole thing. The, the name John the Dance is obviously a reference to Midsummer. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, don't know about that. Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, so it, it's definitely a reference to Midsummer. Midsummer festivals. To no, the, the movie Midsummer. There's just a reference to the movie Midsummer. Strictly, strictly the movie Midsummer. Yeah, sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where they do a lot of dancing. Yep. Um, yeah. So it, this is. The whole theme of this card is, is taken from from Midsummer. You know, those, <laughs> yes, those European festivals. Uh, yeah, it's very very much like for me the first thing that, that jumped out was, was the Wicker Man. This is a straight reference to the Wicker Man. Uh, like, I was going to say Midsummer again. Then, all but I thought you'd cry if I did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Midsummer's great. Midsummer is a great great film. Uh, it yeah. is very much the very much the same style of, of horror is, is the Wicker Man. It's the same sort of style of, of, of festival, but I think specifically this is like weird like like weird British village festivals. Like you go up and down the country like still to this day, when it comes to like harvest festival time, there are still places that have these weird like let's all dance around the Maypole and, and set fire to big bales of straw festivals. I think this is this is that a nice yeah. Innistrad magic take on that in in one card, and it's yeah. Oh, it's when you great. talk about like it. white people's culture, this is it. Yeah, it's doing those like <laughs> weird ritualistic yeah. creepy things because people six hundred years ago did it. <laughs> yeah, um, and then it's a great basis for like horrible, awful horror movies. Um, by which I mean like terrifying, not that they're bad horror movies. I mean that like they they make you feel awful, right? Um, yeah, oh, like I think The Wicker Man is genuinely one of my favourite films of all time. Uh, it's me, just the, the Nicolas Cage one, right? Uh, no, certainly not. I mean, Are you the, sure? the Nicolas Cage one is fine. It's fine. For is what it? it is, but you, <laughs> for what it is, yeah, absolutely, it's fine. But the original one, just like it, it just it is an absolute horror masterpiece. Like very, very few films can I watch time and time again, and every time still just make me feel really uncomfortable. Like yeah, there's something about the like, whole thing, actual like old horror that's like. And settling in a very specific kind of way that you just can't yeah, I think create it's, now. It's specifically the way it's filmed as well. Like the scene where he like goes into the pub and like you know, that weird song about the landlord's daughter and like the, I think it's like the use of like the Dutch angles during that scene that's just so so bizarre. Like it just makes you feel yeah. like ill. Like actually makes you feel ill. Yeah, I love it. Love it so much. Uh, so it's really really cool just to see just just to see that reference to the magic card because it's it's something that makes sense it just makes sense i feel like we've seen so many different you know, media references or horror references in the past on previous innistrad sets but 
to my knowledge, we've never really seen that you know that Wicker Man style thing. And you've got like Army of the Damned, which is just like vague zombie apocalypse reference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got you've got loads, loads and loads of of ye olde classic like horror tropes, but it just it just feels so fitting with the the setting of Innistrad that you have this this weird weird old middle aged like festival right festival ritual going on i love it you got a big burning effigy of potentially a werewolf in the middle as well the fact that the angels yeah. have abandoned them so we're, we're returning to the old ways of praying to whatever these gods are oh, yeah sweet sweet and i really can't wait to find out what the gods are that they're praying to um but you are wrong and it is only exclusively a reference to the 2019 movie midsummer so Sure. Or 2020, sure. whatever it hey, it's, a, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Uh, no, no, but it's, this is the only, you know, because it's because it's you know set in the autumn and the trees are all barren in the back and that there are men in the dance and that something's on fire and um, that's why it's midsummer because of all those things that definitely <laughs> happen in midsummer. Yeah. Um, and that that's the only only uh, piece of media that you could possibly reference that has like a. Morris dancing flower headdress thing. I can't think. I can't <laughs> think of a single one, Joe. I don't know. You've just been silent for the last five minutes. Um, I don't know what what this else could be referencing. It's just Midsummer. Just, just going to let you talk about Midsummer. And then, uh, I mean, I, I would. It's love a good to, I would movie, but I just, I, yeah, I, I just can't really know. I, I, I mean, I, I would love to see like other references to this type of thing. Like, if there was like a specific Midsummer reference where it was like. I know, somebody stitched into like a bear skin, like that would have been cool. Yeah, that'd be cool you thing know, to see. Indiscriminate murder of men. Yeah, that would be fun. All for that. Um, or like, yeah, like ritual suicide of the elderly. Like, yeah, yeah. like some kind of horrible ayahuasca trip that you like yeah. translated onto a magic card somehow. Well, that's the Eldrazi, isn't it? Yes, that's that's the one. Everything is midsummer if you try hard enough. Yeah, yeah, uh, and also yeah, Sorin I mean, is now what's his, what's his face from The Witcher and couldn't possibly be reference to anything <laughs> else. Um, that. The, the, the like splash art for for uh, this set is 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 a direct reference to The Witcher. Definitely not Castlevania. What's that? <laughs> no, not the seminal vampire video game franchise. Castlevania. And um, the main reference point for literally everyone who's designed vampires outside of Stephanie Meyer in the history of the world. <laughs> no, no, sure, it's definitely sure. The Witcher. My bad. Yeah, that's I guess yeah. One other thing that we did see was the. Nice bit of splash art in the poster for Crimson Vow, and set's going to be great. It's all going to be great. I'm super, super excited for Innistrad. Uh, mm-hmm. They just can't, they can't get it wrong. They can't get it wrong. We've seen even if the cards are terrible, they can't get it wrong. Yeah, and we've also seen... we've seen uh, at least three cards that are going to be playable across yeah, formats. Yeah, we've seen so. <laughs> across eternal formats. Yeah, like <laughs> incredible. And all of and... them are references to the movie Midsummer. Sure. <laughs> Or the lighthouse. Those are the only two horror movies that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I hope we do get a lighthouse reference. I mean, yeah, that, there that so island's many, pretty close. So many. There are so many things that they could just use and reference that will just hit so well with the plane. When do we get I like a, to see. a Black Philip legendary creature? Oh, that'd got be a cool. horrible possessed demon goat. Yeah, that'd be class. Man, modern, some modern horror movies, movies are really good. Yeah, because there was yeah. a time where it's like everything, every horror movie is awful. And everything was just paranormal, paranormal activity, which is lingering yeah. souls. That's what lingering souls is a reference to. Reference to paranormal activity. And then uh, Insidious. That's referenced on the card. Um, 
I can't remember what it's called. The one that it, I think it's literally called Insidious Dreams. That's yeah, what that's referenced that here. Um, Insidious Will, that's a card, right? Yeah, that's also a card. That's a yeah. reference to a different horror movie, though, strangely. It's in- Insidious 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the one. Well, um, modern horror movies are good. Yeah, some of them are definitely. There was definitely a. And I'm taking the piss, but I made some reason legitimately a very good film. I just I was annoyed that it was yeah. like the first reference people could possibly think of when they saw this image. Yeah, and the same yeah, with like I mean, this this picture of Sauron is definitely the Witcher. Like, it's, I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, sure. I'm assuming that people have di- people have different things. Yeah, the illustrator would have, done, but the art direction would have been definitely like, okay, we're finally going to make Sauron look like you know every vampire in Castlevania. Like it looks like he's part of it. Like it looks like cover art for a Castlevania game. No, yeah, it mean, just looks like Alucard, like 100% looks yeah. like Alucard. <laughs> um, but no, it's the guy from The Witcher. Have I annoyed you yet? Is this enough to... No, no, oh, I'm not annoyed. Not annoyed about it in the slightest. Yeah, I'm just and, too, um, too hyped. You know, we're talking about the, the jack-o'-lantern that Ren was like levitating in yeah. the hand. Uh, that's a reference to um, the movie Halloween. Oh, is and that, also that, Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, that's the one that I've seen people people talk about. Yeah. And uh, Triskaidekaphobia isn't a reference to Emrakul, or the card... Uh, tri- uh, sorry, Triskaidekaphile isn't a reference to Triskaidekaphobia, it's just uh, a reference to... It's the Dex Files, isn't Dex it? Dex Files, that's the one. Dex-file, because it's the... Consider is... That's why we've got multiple art, because it's Mulder and Scully. Consider is just vaguely referenced to steampunk as a as a genre of fiction. Champion of the Parish is... It isn't referencing anything. It's brand new. Um, <laughs> Infernal Grasp is <laughs> original content. Do not steal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Infernal Grasp is a reference to Resident Evil. I'm not going to tell you which one. And Play with Fire is um, uh, Gremlins. It's a reference sure. to the the movie Gremlins. And those were all the ones I could possibly think of. Because all IP Gremlins is brand is new. That interesting. Yeah. Sure. I don't know, I've gone way too far on this bit and it's not remotely funny, so <laughs> please, please move on. <laughs> let your old world of it. Yeah, I, I'm just super, super hyped. Like, yeah, I, I don't really buy into the whole hype train thing. Uh, I'm certainly, certainly not bored of the hype when it comes to Innistrad. They could do Innistrad forever and I would love it. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to go to a pre-release, definitely. I'm going to go to a pre-release for, for Crimson Bow. I'm going to buy boxes of this and just draft it forever. I just love Innistrad. It's so sweet. I agree. And I like so that it's sweet. just it is just a theme in itself. And it doesn't yeah. have to be like, oh, what's this weird thing that's happened? Oh, it's Hadrazi. And it, like, like yeah. I saw with Zendikar Rising, even though Zendikar Rising was kind of uh, a vaguely disappointing set, where <laughs> the main mythic got banned um, it was just Zendikar being Zendikar and that's cool and people liked that and I like that and I like the idea of Innistrad just being Innistrad and yeah. you know even the things like so the big bads are going to be werewolves and vampires those are very innistrad things so I'm happy for yeah but it's, it's I think it's done in such a such a different way yeah that's super cool like yeah they can go back to the plane but like, every time every time they've been back to the plane it's been it's been different, but it's very much felt like Innistrad. Like you know, the original Innistrad block was its own thing. Uh, they really set the scene for the plane and just set up this fantastic world. And then, what Shadows of Innistrad and Eldritch Moon did with this whole like Lovecraftian thing was incredible, absolutely incredible. All of the cards were amazing. The story was fantastic. And then just to see them, oh, we're going to go back to the plane, back to the original plane that you know, 
but the angels are gone and now it's this like this you know this this old time old timey english bizarre like horror stuff going on yeah yeah it's great and also we haven't that. discussed the fact that flashbacks back <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And when we talked about Jordan Dance having flashback, and then I just decided to be a dick for fifteen minutes. Um, <laughs> the flashbacks are actually going to be—that's the, the, one of the main mechanics of the set. Is we're going to have flashback cards yeah. again, and that's very exciting. Um, yeah, because I love flashback, and I have hated every other iteration of flashback they've tried to do. <laughs> yeah. And having like just pure flashback back is, is amazing, especially when it's like a pure inner strat set, just sat in the strat with no other meddling blinds attorneys things. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. so Snapcaster Mage confirmed, right? I, I'm surprised there isn't like a masterpiece series with this. That's like, it's not custom. I mean, we, yeah, we don't know. We don't know yet. I, I assume that, I assume they'll do something. Um, you know, maybe we'll see. Some sort of like, yeah. I don't know, Innistrad greatest hits secret coming layer. back as different things. Or, secret layer. I mean, yeah, so yeah, secret layer probably, probably. Yeah. Yeah, full art Liliana the Veil secret layer. But it's done something in like the art style of the basic lands, so it's actually cool. Ooh, yeah. That would be good. Yes. <laughs> I agree, it would be very good. Innistrad is fantastic. I'm very, very, very looking forward to just talking about Innistrad for the next couple of weeks once we get more spoilers. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of ideas of things that I, I want to do and want to talk about. And yeah, I'm super hyped. I love this, but yeah. I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Come let us know your feelings on this new Innistrad set. It's on social media. On Twitter, we are at HFDCast facebook.com slash hfdcast if you've really enjoyed anything in this episode would like to give back in a monetary value you can hit us up at patreon we are patreon.com slash hour of devastation tiers start from as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 20 25 cents per episode this podcast is brought to you by manleek.com you can use promo code hofd5 to get five percent of your entire order and at some point soon you'll be able to pre-order innistrad midnight hunt seal product yeah do it it'll be great can't wait for the set and find me on my own personal social media on Twitter. I'm at Peach Garden Oaf. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups. I also stream on Twitch every Friday night. We do Friday Night Magic. We do a whole host of different things. We did uh, Autumn Burchette's Mant Cube last Friday. That was pretty, pretty fun. Uh, and then every Wednesday night, I do a Japanese wrestling stream. So if that's your thing, come check that out. It's good fun. Twitch.tv slash Peach Garden Oaf. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Snail69. Nice. Just I just keep things keep popping into my head and then I'll do like a five tweet thread about it and then forget about it for the rest of the day. Should do one about Midsummer. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> it is. It's a great I movie. I just hate that that's like I like that movie a lot. That's the like the only reference to like old English um like fairy tale type stuff that we have in the collective like ghost. It's just annoying that like something comes out and then that replaces everything, every other possible reference to that thing in in everyone's cultural memory. And yeah, and people just have different frames of references to things. And yeah, I'm being an asshole. Like it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> sure. someone's cool, and people who thought that was a reference to that are very uh, thought it was cool. And I'm sure there was some kind of reference to it. So I'm just being an ass because it's in my nature. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, yep. that's all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. We'll see you again next week on Art of Devastation. <laughs>